global pandemic, fractured supply chains, rising fuel costs, and geopolitical conflict have all ratcheted up uncertainty among industrial enterprises around the world these past few months and years. One result has been an increased sense of urgency to implement digital transformation strategies at scale, including those advancing the realization of industrial autonomy. Hello, my name is Keith Larson, publisher of Control Magazine and ControlGlobal.com, and you're listening to a Solution Spotlight edition of our Control Amplified podcast, sponsored this week by Yokogawa. To provide a status report on our collective journey from industrial automation to industrial autonomy, or IA to IA in Yokogawa shorthand, I'm pleased to be joined by Tom Fisk, Principal Technology Strategist, Yokogawa U.S. Technology Center, Yokogawa Corporation of America. Welcome, Tom, and a real pleasure, as always, to talk with you today. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I alluded to the business environment of late, which has been anything but business as usual. In addition to the COVID pandemic, how are manufacturing companies being impacted by some of these, these big trends the last couple of years? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, the uh, business environment is one of the most challenges we've seen in recent years. You know, the, the economy's been con contracting, inflation is rising, global tensions increasing, and it, it's affecting everyone uh, in all regions of the world, from producers to consumers. For the producers, though, it's not just affecting their production sites, but it's also having an adverse effect on a company's supply chain. So we see there's a long lead times of getting raw materials, difficulties in keeping production and operations running, disruptions to shipping uh, finished goods, and companies are dealing with soaring energy costs. And that they're also dealing with retaining workers and attracting new qualified workers. And then, you know, on top of all of that, uh, they, they must deal with the new reality of, you know, the pandemic, the distributed and remote workforce. So, you know, in the face of that global geopolitical risk, the economic shocks and supply chain disruptions and all of those other uncertainties, you know, companies got to really begin to focus on their operations and making them more resilient through these uh, challenging times and start to position themselves for a long term growth. And you know that that's going to be difficult. Uh, requires better management of people, processes, assets, information. Now, the the one good thing is, fortunately, over the last couple of years, there's been a plethora of innovations that have occurred yeah. that companies begin to exploit and accelerate their digital transformation. And so we're starting to see this journey, and it's evolving into that what we call the IA to IA industrial automation to industrial autonomy, where companies are beginning to incorporate more autonomous functionality into their operations. Uh, you know, and it's it's funny because at the beginning of this year, we did a study, uh, a survey on industrial automation, and the survey had about 500 uh, C-level executives uh, from all, all different industries and, and across all different regions. And the intent there was to study the impact of IA to IA and levels of deployment, the readiness of technologies, the impact on the workforce, and also uh, look at the, what are the biggest challenges in, in digital transformation and moving to industrial autonomy. The, the results showed that the, the adoption of industrial autonomy is increasing, especially from the last survey that we did. Yeah. And we found that about 50% of the respondents indicated that they're already deploying some form of industrial autonomy. 
Now, granted, it might be, you know, uh, focused on a single application or a single purpose, but that they're already implementing industrial autonomy and they're looking to expand that uh, application across their organization. Interesting. And yeah, it's very interesting. Yokogawa has done a project, a first of its kind, that uh, supports companies on their journey towards autonomous operations, uh, which we used AI to autonomously control a chemical plant for 35 consecutive days. That, that's never been done before. Yeah, that's impressive. It, it takes uh, even model-based controllers uh, in, in the old sense didn't, didn't last that long, uh, totally, totally autonomously, that's for sure. Sure, you'd have uh, people shutting them off and they didn't think they were uh, properly functioning. Mm-hmm. And then you had to maintain those models and, and constantly tweak them to align with reality again. So yeah, that was the situation till not long ago. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Do you see that sort of those those algorithms being more widely implemented? Where do, I mean, where do you see this this going? I mean, that's a, that's a huge jump forward. It could pretty rapidly transform a lot of things. Absolutely. Yeah. So. We see uh, the need for industrial autonomy in all industry sectors. Some industry sectors, like the oil and gas, for instance, uh, you know, they're, they're looking to operate with minimally manned staff. And in some instances, they're trying to achieve unattended operations for extended periods. Mm-hmm. And other industries are looking to make their workers more productive and supplement and, and augment their decision making and uh, replace some of their uh, routine tasks. So, you know, we think applications like that AI control and, and other autonomous functionality will become the norm as we progress in these challenging times. You mentioned really the the next step for a lot of companies is, is scale, um, going beyond uh, individual pieces of equipment to more enterprise level and fleets of assets. What particular um, challenges does that represent from your perspective uh, when you start uh, rolling this out across, you know, companies with hundreds of, of, of manufacturing sites? Yeah, there, there are basically a couple of fundamental challenges that companies must overcome to expand the scope of industrial uh, autonomy. And one is the data and application integration. And that's because data and AR fundamental building blocks for industrial autonomy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a challenge because typically operation technology and information technology are operated and owned by different groups within a company. Mm -hmm. And But we are seeing this convergence of IT and OT. And so OT data can be analyzed with IT techniques and, and then passed back to OT and they can use the results to improve efficiency and optimize operations. Now, you know, th- this typically requires analyzing and, and interpreting enormous amounts of data. And to achieve uh, those results to optimize uh, facilities requires a lot of specialized skills in data science, operational technology, IT, domain expertise, as well as uh, a lot of experience in that area. And, you know, there were other hosts of challenges as well. Some of them are related to processes and workflows. Uh, many s- companies are still operating in silos and their uh, departments are, they create borders around the departments. And so 
workflow between them and exchange of information is still challenging. So that goes again to the uh, integration and the integration of workflows to optimize operations uh, across different departments and extended into the uh, supply chain. And and then, then there's the people aspect to it as well. You know, I, I mentioned earlier that some companies are focused more on worker productivity and worker enablement. And so they're looking at this as a way to capture their knowledge and upskill their abilities mm-hmm. and to, to help them make uh, better decisions by providing them with real-time information. And then to uh, move it to, into the uh, autonomous stage where it, it can relieve the uh, staff of some of the uh, more challenging or uh, mundane type of operations. Yeah, we kind of use the, seems the term integrated operations has emerged to be almost a, a, a twin sister to industrial autonomy. Can you explain a little bit more what integrated operations are relative to industrial autonomy and how, how those complement each other? Sure. So integrated operations is more about uh, bringing together the data and the applications as well as multidisciplinary teams. Okay. And so you can co-locate those teams and that uh, enhances collaboration and analyzing problems. Mm-hmm. And so they can function and work together. It breaks down silos. It, um, uh, provides greater situational awareness. They can uh, collaborate to monitor equipment and and resolve and troubleshoot issues in, in the uh, facilities. So it's not just a technology thing. It's it's a it's a team team building exercise as well. Absolutely, and you know, so industrial autonomy supports that through the autonomous functionality of of possibly analyzing a lot of data, monitoring the process, monitoring the equipment. And in some instances, it can take uh, mitigated actions uh, if something goes wrong. So if there's a uh, equipment failure like a, a pump, uh, then it can identify what needs to be done. If there's an auxiliary pump, it may shut down that pump and, and divert the flow to uh, the auxiliary pump. Or if it's uh, an impending fault, detects a, a fault in a few weeks or so, then it can trigger autonomous workflows to have a workaround for operations, as well as schedule of maintenance and even set up meetings for uh, companies to collaborate with subject matter experts, either internally or externally. Mm-hmm. So if we truly achieve this vision of you know, end-to-end integration, what kind of benefits are we looking at? And is autonomy one step beyond that, or, or, or how do you view that? Uh, well, uh, the yeah, it's a it's a tough tough question. I, th- I think the benefits are going to be significant, you know, because integrated operations provides a consistent view of operations from the plant floor to the boardroom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one one person's role and responsibility will will define that view, uh, but it needs to be consistent with everybody else's. Right. And you know, integrated operations, uh, you know, like I said, typically will have take a multidisciplinary approach, but now they're they're armed with all of this uh, real-time data and information that not only is telling them what's happening, but it's predicting what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And if you already can anticipate and know the outcome, then you can make better decisions to optimize operations. So 
and this goes across the entire operations of an organization. It's not just based on uh, production, but it truly is a multidisciplinary aspect. So it brings in elements of operations, engineering, maintenance, and supply chain. So the, the benefits are, are going to be uh, significant, significant. It's going to be a step change in performance. All those traditional silos we're used to protecting and maintaining across the organization are going to get, going to get uh, flattened or, or put sideways in a, in a lot of cases, it seems. Yeah, it, it will. And, and so, uh, you know, I know some companies are struggling as to how do they get going? Where do they start? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I consult with uh, a lot of customers and, you know, each customer is unique and they, they have different capabilities. They have different resources available to them, mm-hmm. they have different strengths and weaknesses, uh, different objectives. And, and so the, the path for each one needs to be tailored to their unique situation. But once they determine that path, you know, then they really should establish a standard that they're going to use across their enterprise. And, and so, you know, this integrated operations approach utilizing industrial autonomy is, is built on a foundation of strong automation, AI, a common information model. Uh, you know, and the solution really encompasses people, processes, and technology and leveraging that data and information. And it begins to help them transform their digital journey from automated to semi-autonomous and eventually autonomous operations. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Is there anything that the management should be particularly aware of or concerned about in these organizations as they, as they set out on this journey? Yeah, there's several things. You know, they they really need to begin to look at where they are in their journey mm-hmm. and how they, how they can move forward. They, they need to take a, a few steps. The first step is to really integrate operations and, and the data so that they can accelerate that transformation. They, they need to break down those silos and centralize some of their uh, operations. They really need high-performance collaborative multidisciplinary teams then can pro- use industrial autonomy to provide greater situational awareness of the process, the equipment, and also to augment some of those processes and, and make them autonomous. Uh, they, they can leverage autonomous workflows. They need to look at uh, how they can then uh, begin to innovate through a discovery design and development process. And that, that innovation step can include redesigning business models and redefining uh, workflow processes because mm-hmm. that's the true benefit of, of a lot of these things is not just digitizing the, your uh, existing processes, but doing them the same way, yeah. but taking advantage of the new capability that uh, these applications afford, like cre- creating autonomous workflows or making a process autonomous. Yeah, and, and that uh, autonomous is different than automation in that it has the ability to adapt and learn to to different uh, states and modes and, and circumstances. Yeah, that re- that reminds me of a saying I once heard somebody talking about with digital transformation. Last thing you want to do is pave over the the cow path. You know, uh, <laughs> look at <laughs> look at new ways of doing things digitally versus just digitizing the the old way, um, and you're going to come out way far ahead of, of where you might have been. 
One of the things that we've really touched on in terms of uh, a complementary concept to industrial autonomy is talking about the system of systems concept. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and, and, and how that how that fits with uh, with some of the technologies we've been talking about, some of the strategies? Sure. So earlier we talked about the benefits of industrial autonomy and integrated operations, but integrated operations go beyond production to include the extended supply chain, which are becoming more globalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been and they've been changing so rapidly that it's very difficult and not possible to make optimal business decisions based on experience and intuition. Mm-hmm. And achieving resilient operations is contingent upon highly reliable supply chains, enabled by improved collaboration and sharing of that information. So, and we see this trend continuing beyond supply chains as more and more systems are increasingly connected in complex ways. The connected systems are referred to as a system of systems. And individual systems are managed uh, independently. They function and operate independently. But when you bring them together, they work together to provide additional functionality that can't be achieved by any single system. And, and that's the whole point of a system of system is that additional functionality. And adopting a system of systems approach will allow companies to leverage a much wider range of data uh, and so that they'll be able to quickly adapt to those changing business environments. Operating strategies together with various agile actions will result in additional value creation. And and those actions could be done by people or they could be initiated autonomously. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Well, certainly if industrial autonomy is one of the biggest um, technology opportunities out there right now, sustainability has to be one of the biggest uh, things or benefits that, that we're driving toward or why we would apply them, apply autonomy. What, how, did, how did the two of those fit together? Yeah, so they fit together very well. Uh, integrated operations and industrial autonomy uh, is expected to help companies achieve their sustainability goals. Uh, what's really needed when you look at sustainability across an entire enterprise is that how does one area impact the other? And, and so companies are looking at uh, the integrated operations and a much wider perspective to, to create that view. And then they can better manage those scarce resources of energy, water, uh, raw materials while achieving their emissions and decarbonization goals. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. So, you know, you, you've gone out and done this exhaustive uh, study, which was which is really interesting on, on, on adoption rates uh, on industrial autonomy. But where do we stand in terms of developing the technology needed to really take us further down the road to, to the, the ultimate goal of, of IA2IA? Um, where, where do we stand in that in that journey? Yeah, so the, the technology to achieve both enterprise-wide integrated operations and, and industrial autonomy is readily available. We did that global survey and uh, the respondents ranked the cloud as the most ready to support large-scale uh, industrial autonomy. A cloud platform enables data collection and aggregation, analytics to analyze that enormous amount of data, as well as AI and other applications to apply that data to monitor assets and orchestrate cross-domain workflows. And it also facilitates AI model building, deployment, and model maintenance. And when I talk to customers, I find that they want to democratize AI, avoid those one-off solutions, and be able to scale the results across their enterprise and, and do that very quickly. 
And so a platform approach is highly advantageous to achieve that objective. Now, some, some companies are also looking to adopt IA in stages by first making the information available to connected workers and then using AI as sort of a digital twin for the predictive and prescriptive applications. And then finally, just putting the system online to fully deploy the autonomous functionality. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. As, as often happens, the technology is head of the, of, of the people who have to implement it. But it's good, good to hear that we've got our work cut out for us uh, and the tools are available. That's correct. And it'll take some, some work because it's uh, a change in the way companies operate today. And, and that's always uh, a challenge for companies to implement new technologies to uh, generate benefits because they have to change the way they operate their workflow and uh, in some instances, uh, upskill their, their workforce to uh, be able to work with the systems. All right. Well, thanks so much, Tom, for sharing your perspective with us today. It's been thought-provoking as always. And uh, once more, my name is Keith Larson, and you've been listening to a Control Amplified podcast with my guest today, Tom Fisk, Principal Technology Strategist with Yokogawa. Tom, if any of our listeners want to learn more about Yokogawa's offering, offering in the industrial autonomy area, where can they go for more information? Uh, they can uh, just type in the uh, URL to our website, yokogawa.com slash IA to IA. Okay. And that's the number two, right? IA to IA. That's correct. Yes, yes that's just correct. To clarify. All right. Thanks, Tom. And for all you who are listening, thanks for tuning in. Thanks once again to Yokogawa for sponsoring this episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can subscribe at the iTunes Store, at Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Plus, you can find the full archive of past episodes at controlglobal.com. Thanks again, Tom. Signing off. Oh, you're welcome. Time. Take care, everybody.